Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you serious about steak? You want to drink milk for all the rest of your life? Some Christians like to really stay in, in fancy and just listen to the sermon that very tickle the ear and just easy going. And God says, love me. God says, love me. But we need to grow up. Amen. Before we listen to the sermon, I like to read this scripture and we can stand up to confess together to keep you awake. The scriptures say in Isaiah 1, 19 to 20, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Let's stand up and we're going to confess this together. Put the confession word that I type in red color in the email. <laughs> I am willing to obey my God. I shall eat the good of the land. I will not refuse God's truth. I will not rebel. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. You need to make a determination and confess it. Amen. I start a new series of teaching. The way I do things is this. I'm going to teach one series of a chapter and then alternate to another one and alternate so that you cannot guess what I'm talking next Sunday and you cannot run away and avoid me. So you cannot predict what happened next Sunday. That is my style. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the greater blessing. The greater blessing. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you are the good Father. You want to feed your people, your children, with good food. With not only milk, but also mahi-mahi, filet mignon, pad thai, good food, Father. Sushi, sashimi, of heaven, Lord. And Lord, we are here now to honor your word, and we want to receive your word. We honor your Holy Spirit, who is our teacher and our guide. We ask you, Lord, by your grace, to open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see, and our heart to perceive and understand your truth. And we purpose to be doers of the word of God. We will not just be the hearer of the word. And we believe, Father, you shall fulfill your promise. That is to bless those who obey your word and your voice, Lord. And you shall perform miracles in the life of those who make a choice to will and to obey your word, Father. We shall eat the good of the land. We thank you, Father, in the wonderful name of Yeshua Hamachik. Amen. Amen. Our spiritual 
growth and our spiritual development are related to the readiness to receive God's revelation and God's truth. God may not release certain truth to us right away at certain time of our life because we are not ready to hear them or to receive them. This is my own experience too. When I was a young believer, I could not understand a lot of things God talked about. But as I grow more, I understand more. We may read one chapter and many verses of that chapter. The first time, second time, fourth time, and 40 times, and we get nothing until the 41st time. The light shines, and then, bam! Wow! I understand now the truth in this passage. But the first 40 times, nothing happened because we were not ready. We were so immature to understand the deep things of God. The truth has been in the Bible, but we don't know everything. We did not see everything. It did not happen the 10th time, the 20th time, but for the 41st time. A three-year-old boy can ask a daddy, what is that? And the daddy feels uncomfortable to explain because he knows that three-year-old boy will not understand what he tried to say. And that's my experience. When I was a three-year-old boy, I asked my dad. Many times he just looked at my face. I don't know how to explain to you because you are not mature enough. You don't have enough life experiences to understand what I'm going to tell you. In the same way, spiritual things are operating the same. Many times we don't understand what God tried to tell us. We need to say, hear the same word again and again and again until the revelation and the light of God shines into our life. I thank God for the technology that now we have MP3, not tape anymore. We have podcasts, we have YouTube and internet that you can listen to one sermon again and again and again until you get the revelation from the Lord. I would like to encourage all of you. We have produced so many good teachings being led by the Spirit or Spirit-led living. Great grace. We produce the teaching on demonology, the teaching on honor of the Lord. So many teachings. I want to encourage you to listen to them, hear them again and again and again. And you shall receive more revelation from the Lord. And the word of God shall set you free. Amen? Amen. So the same thing, this message, for some of you, you may get only 1%. Not because God is not good, but because you are immature. And you cannot handle some filet mignon. You have to drink only milk. But I hope you grow up and can handle filet mignon. How many people want to handle steak? Oh, good idea. Acts chapter 20, verse 35 again. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this, that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So we're going to talk about greater blessing together. Let me read another scripture. First Peter chapter 2, verse 5 in New King James Version. 
you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Let me read from Amplified Bible. Come and like living stones, be yourself built into a spiritual house for a holy, dedicated, consecrated priesthood to offer up those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. This scripture says that all of us are made into the spiritual priesthood or holy priesthood. And the job of the spiritual priest is to offer spiritual sacrifices. In fact, the Bible says that we have been made kings and priests unto the Lord. We have a teaching series that you should go back and listen called Reigning in Life Through Christ Jesus. That whole teaching, about 20 sermons, talk about how you reign in life as a king in this earth. You can command the sickness to go away. You can command problems in your life to stop. You can command the devil to leave you. You are kings in your life. You have the authority. So please go back and listen. I'm not going to teach that one again. But in this lesson, we're going to learn about being priests unto the Lord. In order to understand the priesthood of God, we need to read and study the Old Testament. We need to see what God gave to the priests in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is a type of the New Testament. We are not the priests of the Old Testament. We are the priests of the New Covenant, spiritual priesthood of God, holy priesthood of God, and we have a job to do. And when you study about the priests in the Old Testament, you can see that one of their main services is that they gave offerings to the Lord on a regular basis. They offer up animal sacrifices. People came to the temple and the priest would kill that animal, burn, and send the spiritual uh, sacrifices to God. They offer up burnt offering, sin offering, guilt offering, and peace offering on a regular basis. They were in the service of offerings. Should we, the priests of the new covenant, learn how to be involved in the service of offerings? Yes. We should learn from the scripture. So in this series of teaching, as long as you're in this church, you cannot run away. You're going to learn about offerings. The greater blessing, learn how to give to God. The New Testament say that we are holy priesthood. What do the priests do? They not only to take care of the temple, build the temple. So we build the church today. We get involved in building the church. But we also learn how to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable and pleasing to God. There are offerings that are not acceptable and are not pleasing to God. We should study this subject in detail. We should know about the offerings of the Lord. We should know how we ought to give offering to the Lord in the New Testament time. Amen? 
Everyone say, "I am a holy priest. I will do my job. I will give offering to the Lord. Spiritual offering is a big part of our operation and services to the Lord. We need to know about these things. Amen. When we begin to talk about offerings, I know that some of you, or maybe some people in the YouTube right now, start to be irritated. God, you try to use Pastor Lau to talk about money, and people think about money, and they get irritated. And I know I take a risk of preaching this series to lose some of my members, because some people may not like this kind of teaching. I tell you, if the Lord told me not to preach this one, this series, I would not do it, because I will save myself from being persecuted and being hated by somebody. Because people don't like to hear about money in the church; they have bad taste in the church. But God told me to teach this one. I'm not going to compromise. I want your guy to grow up to become mature Christian who learn how to eat steak. You need to be rooted and grounded in the truth of God. What I'm teaching today may be opposite to your tradition that you believe, you receive, you are taught in the past. You have been doing some tradition for a long time, or something that opposite to your old culture. But we want to stick with the Word of God because the Word of God will set us free, and we're going to be set free. In this series of teaching, we will be delivered from the lies and deception of the enemy. When the Bible talks about some subject about twenty times, do you think God considers important? Huh? If God talks about some subject about fifty times, you think it's important in the Bible? If God mentions about something five hundred times, you think in His sight it's important? Do you know that God talks about the offering? Over one thousand times in the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament, over one thousand times. This is a big subject because over one thousand verses in the Bible talk about offering. And I think this is the right time now. If I taught about this ten years ago in New Hope, many of you may not get it. But now I think we grow up enough to. Eat some steak now, amen. Some of you may say, "I wish Pastor Lau would not talk about the offering." The reason they think that way because they are ignorant. They don't want to move on with God. They don't want to grow up. They don't want to please God. They don't want to commit to God and love God enough to say, "God, what you want me to do as a good priest before your eyes." I want to do everything that make you happy. I want to give you something that you accept and pleasing to your eyes. I need to know what is the offering that is pleasing and acceptable to you. Over a thousand references mention about this. It means the teaching about the offering of the Lord is important, is vital, and we need to learn more and understand more. Today and next time, maybe next week, maybe I skip. I don't know. I will not tell you. <laughs> Today and next time, I'm going to talk about 
the first offering mentioned in the Bible. The first offering mentioned in the Bible is in the book of Genesis, chapter 4. We see the first offering in the Word of God. First of all, let me ask this question. What is offering? Offering is something that is offered. In the Hebrew and Greek language, offering means a gift or a present. When I give you something, I offer that thing to you. So when you bring something to God as an offering, you give that to God as a gift, as a present. So talk about giving to somebody. But there is another side of offering. You can give, but on another side of the offering is that the offering can be rejected and can be unacceptable and not received. I give you an example. Our Heavenly Father is such a gracious and good God. He offered to us, He offered to mankind healing, prosperity, salvation, forgiveness of sin, superabundant life, eternal life, peace, joy, power, victory, the Holy Spirit the file of God, the word of God. He offers so many things. He offers us a group of angels to be around us, to protect us. And we're going to learn that in the camp this year about angelic protection. And interestingly, not a lot of people accept his offering, his gift. A lot of people in the world reject the gift from God. They reject Jesus. They reject healing. They reject supernatural Breakthrough for their life because of, number one, they are ignorant. Number two, they are not willing. Number three, they are stubborn. Number four, they are rebellious. And many other reasons that people reject the offering of God toward mankind. And for me, I want to receive everything from God. Whatever God offered to me, yes, Lord, give it to me. I want everything from you. On the opposite way, as the priest of God or a believer or disciple, we should give offering to the Lord. But the reality is God will not accept every offering from you. Look at Malachi chapter 1, verse 13. You also say, oh, what a weariness. And you sneer at it, say the Lord of hosts. And you bring the stolen, the blame, and the sick. Thus you bring an offering. Should I, mean God, accept this form, your hand, says the Lord. You can see that the Lord rebuked the children of Israel in that generation. He said that you brought to me the leftover, the broken, the sick animal. I will not accept it. It's not pleasing to me. So in this teaching, you're going to learn how to give to the Lord that He will be pleasing and He will accept your gift. Amen? Offering is something we give to God. And let's just look at the first offering in the book of Genesis, chapter 4, verses 1 to 5 together. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now, Abel was keeper of sheep, 
but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering. Everyone say offering. To, uh, of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Genesis chapter 4 gives us the first reference of the first offering recorded in the whole Bible. Cain was the firstborn of Adam and Eve. And Cain followed the footsteps of his father. His father was a farmer. So Cain was a farmer. He worked the ground. But Abel went to different direction. He became a shepherd. He tended the sheep. He had different kind of occupations. According to the Bible, later on, Cain and Abel grew up to be a grown-up man, to be grown-up men, and they have their own occupations, and they brought something from their occupation to the Lord. At that time, listen carefully, there was no church. There was no pastor. There was no Moses. There was no law. Nothing. There was only a handful of people on earth. I don't know how many, maybe 20, 30, I don't know, but very small amount of people in that generation. Where did these two guys get the idea of the offering from? Definitely not from YouTube. <laughs> Definitely not from Pasalau. Not from New Hope International Church. Not from Bible school. Not from college and university. They got the idea, I believe, from their parents. I believe that their parents learn it from the Lord directly. That as a human being, we need to give offering to the Lord. Some people think that when I bring my offering to the Lord, he look at the offering, he will say, you know, waste of your money. I don't care. Waste of your time. This is just a material thing. I don't need to eat steak. I'm God. I don't need to go to restaurant. I don't need your money. I'm richer than you anyway. Why you bring all this material to me? Forget about it. Don't bring them again anymore. You don't have to give me offering anymore. Is that idea correct? No. You never seen in the Bible even one time God say, stop giving offering to me. He is to expect his priests to give the offering to him today. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. Both of them brought an offering to the Lord, not to the church, not to the pastor, not to any ministry, not to an evangelist. He brought the offerings to the Lord. And God wants to renew our mind with this subject, in this subject, by studying about the offering of the Lord. Again, they did not bring it to the missionaries, to any ministry, or to anything. They brought it to the Lord. When you read this scripture carefully, you can see that the offering of the Lord is a big 
big thing in his sight. He say, "I respect this, and I don't respect this." He reject, and he accept. It's a big deal to give the offering to the Lord. Therefore, if it's a big deal for God, it should be a big deal for you. You should not say, "I'm tired of listening to this thing." You should not say that I'm really irritable right now. I cannot sit still, Pastor. When are you gonna finish this sermon? I don't like to hear about offering. I'm very upset with you right now. I may quit this church and go to other church because you talk about offering. In fact, when we talk about the offering, we are not talking about the offering to man. We are not talking about the offering to the church, New Hope International Church. We are talking about your giving, time, energy, talents, money, everything to. The Lord. Everyone, point up to heaven. To the Lord, we give to the Lord. A lot of people try to avoid this subject because basically they love money. They don't want to give to the Lord, and they say that giving to the Lord is not for Christians. No, giving to the Lord is for Christians. Giving to the Lord is your own business with God. My giving to God is my own business with God, and your giving to the Lord is your own business with God. I never check your giving in this church. I never know how much you give each year. I never check, and I don't want to check because it's not my job to criticize you and judge you how you give to God. And it's not your job to criticize me how I give to God and how much I give to God. It's all your personal business with God. But let me ask this question: Does God know how you give and how much you give? Yes, He knows everything. He keeps His eyes on your account. He knows everything. You cannot lie to God. Pastor Lau doesn't know. I don't even know how much you give each year, and I don't want to know. Because I don't want to love you conditionally, I want to love you unconditionally. That's why I don't want to know. Amen. A lot of Christians try to avoid this subject. We are made a holy priesthood unto the Lord, and as a holy priesthood, we do natural things for God, and we do also do spiritual things for God. We do natural things. I have to get on the airplane and fly to Germany. To build a church there, that is natural thing. I need to do something in the physical realm to serve the Lord as a priest. You wake up in the morning, you get dressed, you come to church, you do natural thing, but at the same time you do spiritual thing. So as a priest of God, we do both natural and spiritual thing at the same time. Listen carefully. Every natural thing that you do for God, whether sing song, playing drum. Visiting a church, teaching the Bible, do the lead the communion in the care group. Everything you do in the natural is also spiritual, because you do it from your heart. It is spiritual because you don't do it just a routine. You do it out of your heart. Your heart is spirit. When you give, when you sing, you don't come up and. 
Sing like this. You sing from your heart. You don't come up and play guitar. I have a job to play today. I am so good in playing guitar. No, you play out of your heart. You play out of your spirit, and that is spiritual. You are offering to Him spiritual sacrifices from the bottom of your heart. Cain and Abel brought the offering to the Lord, and one is accepted and one is not accepted. Everyone say, "My offering." It's not between me and man. It's between me and God. So listen carefully. When the Holy Spirit prompts you and talks to you to give time, money, or anything to another person, you give to that person. You don't give to that person. You give to God. But God just use you to meet the need of that person, and you. Who are the receiver? When God prompts somebody to give you something, you should humble yourself and receive, and know that that person who give to you, they give to the Lord. They don't give to you. In this way, no string attached, no manipulation, no control. Everything you give and everything you receive is all to the Lord. Is it clear? Okay. So sometimes God will speak to you to give. Some money to somebody in the church, and you know God prompts your heart. The Holy Spirit prompts you. You say, "I'm gonna give," and I know when I give this out, it's not that person. I give to the Lord. Amen. So when you give, don't look at Pastor Lau. Don't look at New Hope International Church. Don't look at any name or ministry. The Lord prompts you to give. You give to the Lord. Amen. The Lord can deal with you to do something, to give time, to give energy, to give your service to people or money to people. You should not deny the sowing of the seed that God asked you to give. You should obey Him, because you give to the Lord. Both Abel and Cain brought their offering to the Lord. There was no description of Cain's offering very well, but. According to the scripture, this is my interpretation. Have you ever heard some Christian criticize this way that Cain should have brought animal to God, not fruit and vegetable? I don't agree with that criticism. I believe this is what happened to Cain. Okay, you need to understand. In that generation, there is no sin offering, there is no guilt offering, there is no law of Moses. There is no tithing in the church like this. They did not even have dollar bill. They don't have cash. They don't have checkbook and credit card. What do they have? They have what their occupation produced. Cain produced fruit and vegetable. He is a farmer. But the problem is that his offerings were not remarkable. Were not outstanding. It's just some vegetable. It must not have been the first offering, the first fruit, not the best one. It's just a leftover. He went into his farm and he looked. Oh yeah, that vegetable. Okay, pick God, fruit. Okay, I give to God. That's it. 
And God, God did not look at that. God looked at His heart, and God said, "I reject this. I don't want this." But on the opposite way, Abel walked into his flock. He looked around. Wow, that sheep was beautiful in color, in symmetry, in development. The eyes so beautiful, the ears perfect. Wow, this sheep is expensive. It's the first group of sheep that I have. The best sheep, very expensive sheep. And he was thinking in his heart, now is the time of offering. God created me. God gave me breath, the lung to move and have breath every day. God helped me to have my heart beat. God blessed the work of my hand. My sheep keep producing. God give me prosperity. God protect my sheep from the predators. God make me healthy. Wow, God, I love you. I have faith in you, and I honor you. I want to let you know that you are the most important person in my life. Therefore, God. I'm gonna give you the best and the first sheep, the perfect sheep that I can find. That fluffy one. His name is Fluffy. Beautiful fluffy one. Give the first one, the best one to God. The Lord looks at Cain's offering, and he turned his face away. I don't want to look again. So the Lord rejected Cain's offering, but when the Lord looked at Abel's offering, wow, I am so pleased. I love it. He did not turn his face away. He accepted his offering. That offering is not between them and the church. It's not between them and the pastor and the minister. But it's between them and the Lord. Everyone say between me and the Lord. Our offering can be something else, can be our time, can be our talent, can be our energy, can be our singing and worship. You remember the Bible says we give the offering of praise to the Lord. And some of you may not be a good singer like me. I'm not a good singer. And when I sing with all my heart, with love and faith in God. God look at my offering of singing praises, and He accept it. But some people may be so good at music, play very well, sing very well. But when they sing, and when they play musical instrument, they do it to show off. They just want to be on the stage. They want to show that you see how good I am. And they just play. It's about music, but their heart is with. The soap opera in the TV last night. The heart is about something else. They are not thinking about God at all. Why they worshiping God? And that kind of offering is not from their heart. It's not by faith. It's not out of honor and out of love. Can we give with the right heart? Should we? Should we give with the right heart? We should give with the right heart. Is that right? The heart of what? The heart of faith. 
the heart of love, the heart of honor. Cain's offering was not accepted because God looked at his heart, and God saw that he was just going through the motion. He was just going through the motion. He didn't care much about that offering. He didn't care much about pleasing the Lord. Can people go to the motion when the offering back come by? You come to church, you didn't prepare anything. You have 50 cents in your pocket left over from going to Starbucks yesterday. And the offering come by and the pastor standing on the stage here. And you notice the pastor is looking at you. The offering back come by. Oh, if I don't put something, he will know I don't give. Okay, okay, 25 cents drop in. You put in your hand like this and no one can see what is inside. And you put your hand in, drop 25 cents. Ah, oh, I go through the motion. I make Pastor Lao happy and put something in there. That offering is not accepted by God. It's just going through the motion. You don't really have faith. You don't really love God. You just want to please a man. You have to be careful. God sees everything. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Wow, today's steak. Hmm. A lot of people sit like, hmm, hmm. Wow. Don't pull the seatbelt out. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained Witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gift, and through it, he being dead still speaks. Thousand years have gone by. God still testified about Abel's gift or offering, and he still speaks through his offering because that man gave to God by faith. Honor God, love God. He gave the best to God, the most expensive to God. He gave the best to God. And God say, I accept this gift. This is fluffy, healthy, beautiful. But opposite way, Cain did not bring it in faith. Let me ask this question. This is a good question. You can answer. Is there any connection between your action and your heart? Is there any connection between what you're doing and your faith and your heart of honor toward God? If you really have faith in God, if you really love God, if you really want to honor God, will you do the best you can. I give you an example myself. I've been a pastor in this church since 1988, January 1988. I started church. Pastor Da is my witness. Every Saturday, I read my sermon in the morning, sermon like today, for that Sunday. Sermon in night. I wake up this morning, 6 a.m., which is 5 a.m., and wake up the, and read the third time. I read three times of my sermon so that I will come up here ready to give the best message to God's people. Do you know why I do this? Actually, 
How many years now? 1988. I don't want to go up here, come up here and be sloppy. Oh, one scripture and keep talking and they joke and and do this and I didn't prepare. No, I prepared very well because I love God so much. I want to give the best to God. I don't want to give junk teaching on the pulpit on Sunday. There is a connection between your heart and your action. More stake, more stake. Acts chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Before Acts chapter 5, last two verses in Acts chapter 4, a man named Barnabas, a son of encouragement, he had a property from his ancestor. Good property. He loved God so much. He sold the whole property and he brought the whole sum of money that he sold the property to the feet of the apostle. After that, people like, wow, this man is so generous. The news went out and God used him as a part of the apostolic team with Paul at the beginning. God honored him so much because he was a man with the right heart. Then a couple felt that, hey, I need some reputation too. I need to be recognized in the church as well. So what happened? This couple named Ananias and Sapphira. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostle's feet. Wife, if your husband is doing bad thing, please warn him. Don't agree. I am so thankful for Pastor Da. When I start to have bad attitude, when I start to do wrong thing, we have a session. <laughs> she sit me down and say, Honey, don't do that. She warned me. And I repent right away. Sometimes we need each other. Sephora did not warn Ananias. Okay? So wife, please, you are the supporter, you help your husband, you are the helper. Your husband sometimes goof off. <laughs> Have a session. Okay. But Peter said, <laughs> Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back, two times already, keep back and keep back, part of the price of the land for yourself? Why it remained, was it not your own? And after it was so, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing, this evil thing, in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. He dropped dead. As a medical doctor, I think might be aneurysm rupture, or maybe bleeding in the brain, or quick stroke in the heart, heart attack. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. Ananias and Sephora, the whole story is that they both dropped dead. Swift, rapid judgment upon them. And why did they die? What was the reason? The reason of that death is their offering that come out with a wrong heart. Because of their wrong heart, their one reputation, they're stingy, they keep part of it, 
They lied to the Holy Spirit. They think, oh, Peter will not know. If I sell my land, $300,000, I give only $50,000, and no one knows. I say, yeah, this is all I sell. No one knows anyway. No one sees the transaction. Peter would not know, but who knows? God. You can lie to man, but you cannot lie to God. And God see the whole thing, and God took this seriously. God say, you lied. You play game. You cheating. I don't force you to sell the land. No one tell you to sell the land. If you sell it and get $300,000 and you want to keep them with you, that's fine. You don't need to give. No one force you to give. But they give $50,000 to get reputation and get some kind of face in the church, some promotion. They had a wrong heart. They did not give out of faith, out of seeing the honor of the Lord at all. But Barnabas on the opposite. Barnabas said, God, you sent Jesus to die for me. Yes, this money is valuable to me. I own this land for generations. It's very expensive. But you are more expensive than me. You are more important than me. You are more precious than all this money. I love you more than anything else. Nothing in this world is more important than God. I'm willing to sell my land. I will give it all. And I don't give to man. I don't give to Peter. I don't give to the church. I give to God. And God was very happy. Ananias and Sapphira, they gave, they lied, and the judgment came immediately. You need to understand that God takes some issues seriously and don't play game with God. Amen? For me and my family, we calculate everything. We never cheat God on tithe and offering. Actually, I tend to give more than 10% because I'm afraid that I will miss something. When we get, went to Thailand and people handed us some offering envelope, we come back home, count it, calculate into dollars, and Pastor Dow say right away, okay, you need to put money into the tithe this much. We transfer money right away from our checking account into the charitable account, and we put the money there because I'm afraid that I will forget if I don't do it right away. Even though that charitable account don't get much, actually we get zero interest there because it's the small account, not like, not like a checking account. But it's not about interest. It's about being honest and faithful to the Lord. Every single penny. If I'm not trustworthy in a small thing like that, how God can trust me to pastor this church? How God can trust me to take care of the churches in Thailand? How God can trust me to preach the word of God? And you know, if I play a game like that, I may be gone. Thank God I'm 60-something. Pastor Da said I look like 30. I'm 60-something, but I'm still healthy and, and alive because I don't cheat God. I don't want to die soon. Like Ananias and Sapphira. Every single penny. I'm not trying to tell you what to do, okay? This is my life. I fear God, and I love God so much. Amen? We can give offering of time. Are you glad that I already passed the offering back? 
I have no agenda. I tell you, I have no agenda about getting your money at all. If I have agenda, I will preach this before offering back. But I don't. I don't have any ulterior motive. My good motive is I want you to grow up, and I want you to live a life that pleasing the Lord. I want the Lord to smile at you. I don't want you to be in the company of Ananias, Sapphira, and Cain. I hope you are in the company of Abel and King David. Amen. How many people want to join Cain? Raise your hand up. How many people want to join Ananias, Sapphira, and die soon? Okay, no one. You're very smart. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, again the word acceptable, to God, which is your reasonable service. When you give offering to God, it doesn't mean only money. You give your body. You give your whole life. You give your house, your car to be used by God. Your whole life you give to God. Amen? And how are we going to please God? How are your offering going to be acceptable? Where is it? Did God look at the real material that Cain and Abel gave? No. God looked at their heart. What kind of heart? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Please, don't be a priest who just going through the motions. But check your heart every day when you give your time, when you join the worship team and come up and sing and play here. Check your heart while you are up here. You are up here to impress people? Or are you here because you have faith in God and you love God with all your heart? You're going to give the best offering to Him, sing the best to Him, that's what God is looking at. God doesn't look at the amount of money you write in the check book. God doesn't look at how well you can play guitar. God looks at your heart. Amen? Praise the Lord. In our church, I promise God, I will never use this pulpit to manipulate anybody to give money. And I want to tell you, whatever you give to God, whatever you give in this church, is not to me. It's not to the church. It's not to New Hope. It is to God. And we promise God that we will not mismanage the money. We will do the best not to misappropriate the money. We're going to be faithful in using the money in the right way. God did not pressure anybody to give. No pressure. You don't have to give. Let me repeat one more time. You don't have to give. Don't feel pressure. You love to give. Because you love Him and you have faith in Him. Have you ever... Thank God that you're still alive today. Have you ever thanked God? God can do some interesting thing. When I heard about the fire in the house of Sister May, and at the beginning I was kind of, wow, fire. I have two fires in my life, in my house. So I understand how you feel. But suddenly God spoke to me. I bless her. 
Huh? How do you bless her by the fire in the house? And God said to me, she need to remodel the house anyway. It's an old house. So now she can remodel for free. Somebody will pray for her. You see, God has his own way to bless you. Amen? Are you thankful? Are you thankful that God blessed you? He takes care of you. He never pressure you. Anything. Amen? Genesis 4-5. I think I'm going to finish here. You have fun? But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Verses 6 to 7. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Do you notice that the most annoying message in the church to a lot of people's heart is the subject of finances? A lot of people angry, mad at the preacher when we talk about giving and finances. Still happened today, not only Cain. Cain was angry. Was, he did not just, oh God. No, he's like furious. He wants to kill his brother. So many people furious about this message. Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Don't tell me that you can live a loose life, you can commit adultery, watch pornography, you can cheat, you can lie, you can cheat your wife. God, grace, cover me. I'm okay. God, Jesus, die for me. I can live anything and God's going to be happy with me. No! Lie of the enemy. It's not true that you can live a loose life and God's going to be happy with you. You need to really get right with God in your action, in your attitude. Amen? Not only that, listen carefully, this is not the teaching that most preachers who want to dilute the grace message, they don't want to talk about this. It's saying, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. In other words, if preachers understand about demons and curses, the preacher would tell the congregation, stop sinning. Stop having bad attitude. Because when you do that, you open the door of more demons to come in, more curses to come in, and you're going to be destroyed. God cannot help you. God cannot protect you if you're living in sin. That's why from this pulpit, I will never compromise. Because I love you so much, I don't want demons to go into your life and steal your money, steal your health, steal your marriage and your kids. I want you to be protected. And the way to be protected is to live right before the eyes of God. Don't cheat God. Don't be like Ananias and Sapphira. Don't be like Cain. Because they don't repent and they don't keep their heart right. Then more problems come in and they go downhill. I hope you understand my heart. This is not about money at all. This is how you please God, and your life will be acceptable and pleasing to the Lord. You offer your life to God, and your offering is acceptable in the eyes of God. Do the best. 
love him, honor him, appreciate him. Amen. Grace is not a ticket to sin. Grace is the power that you can do the right thing. I can be a pastor and fly to many countries, and not only pastor, many patients of mine say, "How can you do this? You are a full-time neurosurgeon and full-time pastor like this. How can you do that?" I tell you, how? By the grace of God. I don't use grace to be a ticket to sin. I depend on the grace of God to do the right thing and to please God. We need the grace. Amen. Please. So quiet today. Do you still love me? Oh, can you imagine? This is the first sermon. I have twenty sermons. This is the first one. You cannot run away. Nineteen more. Get ready. We're gonna learn all kinds of offering in the Bible. We're gonna learn in detail. We're gonna study the Word of God together. All kinds of offering. How we give offering. All kinds. This is just the beginning. The first offering in the Bible. Next time we're gonna finish about Cain and Abel. Not done yet. This one. Maybe next week. Maybe next month. I don't know. I will not let you know. <laughs> oh, hallelujah! Can I see you smile? You say thank God for teaching me, giving me steak, changing me. How many people are doer of the word? How many people gonna do? Gonna practice what you learn? How many people say from now on, I will give from my heart. The heart of love, the heart of appreciation, the heart of honor, the heart of faith. I have faith in God. I have faith that God take care of me. He protects me. I have love for God. I love Him more than anything else. He is more important to me. Than materials, than position, than honor, than money. I want to honor my God, and you say, Lord God, as I honor you, you shall honor me. I shall live a life that is pleasing to you. I give my life as a living sacrifice. Acceptable to you. Thank you, Lord. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, Amen. That's what I want to see. That God accept you and love you and give you favor, give you honor. Amen. Hallelujah. Do it. It's not difficult. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the grace. Do it. Believe me. You will never lack. When you give to God, you will never get poorer. God will take care of you. Amen. Don't walk in fear. Fear is opposite to faith. People dare not give because they fear that they will lose money, and they will be poor. No, 
That is opposite to faith. Faith, you know, God will take care of me. Amen. Amen. And not only that, money cannot buy your life. People can have millions of dollars but die soon. Money cannot help you. Only God can help you and protect you. I rather choose God. Amen. Let me ask this question before I end. Do you know where you're going to spend your eternity? Are you sure? I like that question. Are you sure that you will spend your eternity in heaven? Are you sure? If you're not sure, you may go to church, your parents may be Christians, but you're not sure, I would like to ask you to make a decision today to make sure you spend eternity in heaven. How? Repent of your sin. Let Jesus become your Lord and your Savior and start to walk with Him. Your sins will be forgiven. You will have the right to go to heaven and live there for eternity. How many people want to spend your eternity in heaven? Raise your hand up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you want to spend your eternity in heaven, pray with me. Father in heaven, you are the God of heaven. I want to spend time with you for eternity in heaven. Oh Lord, I admit, Lord, I'm not perfect. I have sinned against you and against other people. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe your Son, Jesus Christ, paid the price for my sin. He took my sin away. He shed his blood to give me the atonement, to cancel my sin so that I can be accepted by you. Lord Jesus, from today on and for the rest of my life, you are my Savior. You are my Lord. I open the door of my heart. You can come in. I give my whole life to you. You are the God of my mind. You are the God of my thoughts. The God of my feelings. The God of my action. The God of my money. My professions. My family life. My traveling. My coming. Going. You are my Lord. From today on, I shall obey you and serve you all the days of my life. I believe what I make decision now, put my name in the book of life of the Lamb. I shall have eternal life. And not only that, I have super abundant life on earth. Your grace shall abound in my life so that I have all the things that I need and more than enough to do every good work 
that you call me to do. Make me a holy priest who gives you spiritual sacrifices acceptable, pleasing to your eyes, Lord. I want to be like Abel. I want to be like King David, like Paul. And the most important thing, I want to become like Jesus, who said that my food is to do the will of my Father and to finish it. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. On Friday night, I listened to a testimony of Johnny, who goes to Bellevue College. And he made a good comment. He said that lately he has been on fire, preaching and talking to the student in college. And he went to a care group, and he even asked the care group leader of that ministry and the worship leader, you want me to pray for you? And it's amazing, the care group leader and worship leader say, you know, our faith is so weak now, we're so discouraged. And this is leader. And Johnny prayed for them, and God revived them. And Johnny told me that, now I understand, Pastor Lau, why you lay hand every Sunday. Because people can serve God with empty on the inside. No faith, no power. They can play guitar, but no power on the inside. But I understand now, Pastor Johnny said, you lay hand every Sunday so that we will be receiving more, 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 more anointing, more grace, more power, so that we'll be on fire, so that we fall in love with Jesus. So we can have something to go out to help people out there who look depressed. He said that the whole university, everyone walk around depressed. They need Jesus so much. So I want to tell them, Jesus, where's Johnny? Where's Johnny sitting? Oh, Johnny sitting there. Is it true that I share? You understand now why I lay hand? Because you say, I want more. He changed man now. Amen. Hallelujah. So when we come to church, it's like a Go to gas station, you know, to fill your life with the word and fill your life with the grace and the power of God. That's why I spend some time to pray for people. I will lie to myself and I will cheat you if I don't pray for you. I will be a lazy pastor who just wants to go out to drink coffee. No, we're here. We need to fill as much as we can. Only once a week that we come here. Only 52 times if we don't count church camp. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com I'm so thirsty